0: Hi. Today, I'm going to talk about my travel to the town of Trankivar. This is located uh, near the city of Chennai in India. So here it goes. Seashells are usually found hidden under rocks or buried in the sand. One has to keep a close eye to discover these elusive creatures. Picking up a shell from the shore, I wondered If Tharangabadi too, was similar to a seashell. It is a charming, but under the radar town. It has an interesting legacy of the Danish occupation. It is shadowed by the neighboring Pondicherry, a well-known town with French legacy. Tharangambadi's past can be compared to the ridges of a seashell. Each ridge tells a story of power, religion, human adapt, adaptability and struggle. My thoughts were interrupted with the deafening sound of the gray waves pounding the shore. Prangabadi means the land of the singing waves. But to me, they seem to be shouting for attention. Walking towards the shore, I gaze at the panoramic view that lay in front of me. Across surrounded by a group of men who had raised their hands in prayer, fishing boats on a nearly empty beach, an imposing fort with a fascinating past, a heritage bungalow converted into a star hotel, an ancient temple looking out into the sea. It seemed as if a time portal was open, beckoning me into the 17th century to experience the Danish occupation. So let's look at the timeline of what happened in Trankebar, Why is it now known as Tharangabadi and who occupied it from the year 1620 onwards? So let's ta- take a time travel back to year 1620. Danish Admiral Ove Gejje had sailed the high seas in search of business opportunities and discovered the land of the Singing Waves in 1620. He made a proposal which the current Nayak ruler could not resist. The ownership of Tharangabadi transferred to the Danes. Tharangabadi was christened as Trangibar, and so began the Danish occupation from 1620 to 1845. A land was constructed to mark the territory which greets visitors even today. The construction of the Danesburg Fort in 1620 laid the foundation for the Danish occupation. Looking at the wide courtyard, I could imagine the place to be abuzz with soldiers, sailors and staff. The lower levels were used for storage of food grains, weapons and wine. The upper level were offices and residences. The ramparts offer a mesmerizing view of the Indian Ocean, an epicenter of trade and business. The fort was in active use till the 19th century. Let's move on to year 1701, where the Church of Zion was constructed. It was India's first Protestant church. It was an exclusive place of worship for the Danish. The church's whitewash exteriors reminded me of a Grecian villa. Sunday mornings would have been a social occasion to see and be seen. I could imagine the pastor and his congregation greeting each other after service. Moving on to year 1706. Danish King Frederick IV sent two German missionaries, Parthamilus Zandberg and Herrick Pulshchel with a mission to introduce the locals to Christianity. Zandberg and his aide, too had to overcome the challenges of learning the local language and adapting to the local culture. They did this and much more. A teacher's training school, a printing press, and a children's school were built to benefit the local community. The printing press was used to publish Tamil literature. Sangelbag also translated the Bible from English to Tamil in the year 1714, consequently localizing the Christian faith. I happened to stumble upon the printing press and school as I wandered around. A gulmohar tree with bright orange flowers welcomed me. I was surprised to know that the school functions even today. It is a well-maintained stone structure with arches and open balconies. A dilapidated chapel stands adjacent to the school. The brick and stone are weathered and exposed. The roof is ready to collapse. The printing press stands opposite to the school. It is now a museum housing fascinating historical memorabilia. A couple of smiling ladies were at the entrance to register my visit at the museum. As I chatted with them, my eyes fell upon a quirky machine in the inner room. One of the ladies followed my gaze and gestured to go inside. An all black vintage machine made of metal stood in the room, a golden eagle and a couple of dragons carved of wood enhanced the machine. Now this was a cool printing press, which still functioned. The lady was happy to give a quick demo on using it. I browsed through the other artifacts for the next hour, but for me, the quirky press was the best. Here, 1718, we saw the new Jerusalem Church being built. Sanelbach built the new Jerusalem church as the Danish had apprehensions to accept the new local converts into the Church of Zion. Its modern interiors feature high ceilings and a tiled roof, wooden pews and an altar. The graves in the backyard give me a glimpse of the Danish families who had lived here during the occupation. Year 1845. In the 1800s, the declining trade resulted in Denmark selling Tranquebar to the British in 1845. The British left India in 1947, and Tranquebar went back to its original name, Tharangabadi. As life went on, Pondicherry became a popular destination. Tharangambadi continued to be an offbeat and undiscovered place. Year 2004 was unfortunately a sad year where we had the tsunami. It rampaged the east coast of India. It did not spare Tharangabadi. It wiped out the original buildings near the shore. Reconstructive work had to be done. Residents were forced to move inland. A new life had to be built. Coming back from our time travel to the present day, I walked towards the sea as if completing my time travel and gaze at the views around me once again. The cross stands looking towards the fort as a protective guardian. It was built in memory of Zangalbag and Pulash. The prayer group has dispersed. A couple is holding hands, walking on some old ruins. A few kids are playing on the beach. Standing on these shows since the 14th century, the Masilam Nathar Temple has witnessed the twist and turn of events that, that have shaped this town. Time seems to be standing still. The past and the present coexist. The trees, Line, the tree lined streets with its whitewashed houses, a fort standing strong in the seashore, ancient churches, a printing press, and a school, a town where multiple rulers changed hands, influencing the culture and traditions. Tharangabadi continues to be elusive. Its discovery is similar to finding a rare but pretty seashell buried in the sand on a hot day at the beach. So, this was my story about my travel to Tharangabadi or Trankibar. You can call it by any name. If you'd like to go there, the nearest airport is Chennai, and the nearest trailhead is Nagapatnam, Chidambaram, and Chennai again. Best way to do is take a road trip from Chennai. Uh, It's a six-hour drive from Chennai Airport. You can also go to Pondicherry, which is is three hours away from Chennai by road, and you can do a day trip to Tharangabadi. It is worth a visit if you'd like to know more about the fort and the history of this small but interesting town. I hope you liked uh, what you heard and I hope you travel to Tharangabadi someday. Thank you for listening.